Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Product Coffee. Uh, This is a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, we share advice, and we share thoughts on all things related to product over a cup of coffee. So grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Today we have part two of differences between consumer-facing and technical product manager roles. Uh, I'm one of your product co-hosts, Zach LaGreca. Patrick Kuchkowski. Jamie Douglas. Kevin Gentry. Jody Mesa. I'm Jake Worland. Product designer, Eric Schrein. So last time we talked pretty heavily about technical product manager roles, so we thought we would revisit the topic, especially with product design in the room, and talk about consumer-facing product manager roles. So to start us off, I figured we would kind of go around the loop of everyone here and just uh, start with what is your thoughts on consumer-facing versus technical product manager roles? Um, I'll start. So um, first thought is um, we've been talking about this a lot recently at a growing startup with a lot of different squads and teams, but this notion of a horizontal PM versus a vertical PM. So really talking about a team, a PM or a squad that's helping support other vertical PMs or squads trying to deliver a consumer-facing product. Uh, that could be a little more technical. Um, you have a large uh, group of stakeholders that are internal as opposed to external. External is kind of like your secondary customer. And then the vertical PMs will take kind of advantage of that um, foundation that is laid by the rest of the horizontal um, squads and PMs and um, build features for the user um, being their first customer. So that's kind of my, what I'm thinking of as the distinction of the two. And I think having played both roles in the past. The consumer side is really the advocate for uh, the user. You really feel the pain points, you understand the problems, uh, almost at a very personal level, and knowing that you're not your users, but being able to understand what are the challenges that they face in trying to accomplish their goals, and being able to solve those problems. Um, And again, for the back end, I would say as well, really building out those systems that provide support for those user experiences. So that's kind of how I see this. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar, I think. I think both, both PMs need to be very well in tune with the pain points of the market and what the market issues are, but you're tackling that problem from two different angles. The technical PM is laying the foundation and providing the tools that the, the user-facing PM has to work with, so you're almost defining those constraints. Um, whereas the user, the user-facing PM, the front-end PM, is really thinking about how does the user interaction manifest with those market pain points? What does the solution look like? How do we define that? And how do we help the user overcome that pain point they may or may not know that they have? Yeah, and as a designer, uh, my job is to take all the perspectives um, from the PMs and the developers and think about how the 
the user interacts with it, everything they touch from the interactive design to um, the animations to the layout, everything they touch within the app is my job of taking all the information from um, the PMs and everyone outside of my job. Yeah, I, I think those are all good points. Uh, one of the things that like I, I feel like I think of is that a technical PM and a PM, like they're both still product managers. Like I, I don't think the distinctions are maybe as noteworthy as sometimes is indicated. Like at the end of the day, you're still focused on a particular problem space, and your job is to build tools to enable somebody in that problem space. Um, I, I kind of see it more as a different audience. So, uh, consumer-facing PM, like I think, you know. There's just different things you need to be aware of. Like you're focused more on like the consumer side of the market, um, but I think at a high level, that's still kind of the focus. Is like how do you how do you solve these problems? Yeah, and I think I'd reiterate what everyone has been saying. Um, I think we're all in tune there. I think the main difference that I've been encountering, having moved really from a technical PM to a consumer facing role, has been the stakeholders too. So yes, your your stakeholder is not only the user, but it also becomes basically everyone in the company and everyone who's going to see your designs. So suddenly you have much more front-facing role. And so you have a lot of opportunity for critique uh, just on what you're presenting potentially. Um, and so it's not just that, hey, we're building tools that enable the company to succeed or enable users to be more successful. It's also what we're presenting to you is now your reality and potentially how you view the product. So it does shift your perspective on who you're working for and what you're presenting to. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. I had never thought about a technical PM as maybe being having a little bit more visibility internally, but it makes total sense now that you've phrased it that way. I think my assumption would be, oh, technical PM, you're dealing maybe more with back-end platforms. Consumer-facing, you're dealing with this product that is right in front of the consumers. And so I think like my assumption would be, oh, that gets maybe more attention. But it sounds like that's maybe not necessarily true. Like you're you're maybe slightly more removed from users potentially. Or or were you referring to like yeah, which which side were you referring to? The higher visibility. Uh, Generally speaking, I would say that a consumer-facing PM is going to be more visible just in the fact that you have a design to look at. Right. I think the impact is oftentimes to Zach's point actually diluted potentially by that. Mm. Um, As a technical PM. If you're rolling out a feature, it can radically change how the whole company operates. And because your stakeholders are potentially internal team members, you're not necessarily going to the consumer and say, hey, we're redoing all these things in the back end. We're making it faster. We're improving our you know, operational you know, perspectives. Uh, instead, it is, you know, as a consumer-facing PM, I'm going to modify this button to be this different color. So it seems more impactful. But yeah, maybe it's not as big of a, a change potentially from a, an impact perspective. I have a question. Whose stakeholders are louder? <laughs> <laughs> I would say consumers. Consumer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Technical <laughs> PMs have some pretty loud stakeholders sometimes. <laughs> Just saying. It probably depends on this. I don't know. I, some, some, I've been a technical PM at three different companies at this point, and each of the companies, like the, the kind of the back end horizontal slice of what we've been talking about, um, you either get people that don't understand the impact that you're making, the, that are maybe a step removed from technology, um, but in the end of the day, like you're making their lives better, um, but they're, they're not kind of seeing that correlation directly. 
Um, so you kind of get this frustration internally of like, but they don't know where to um, point the frustration to. So they're kind of like, ah, man, this shitty monolith or this shitty thing, you know, yeah. and they don't yeah. know exactly what they're frustrated at. <laughs> Which it, it should know. just work, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, dang tech, that computer's broken, you know, whatever. Um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I feel like the expectations uh, between, like, nothing and everything are much higher. So it's like, you must have this thing that's fully operational, and they don't understand the gap between you getting there and what you're mm -hmm. building along the way. So when there's that kind of distance, um, constantly seeing those people in the halls and being like, we're working on it, yeah. <laughs> can be a little bit challenging, as opposed to with users, you have that removed in some way. Yeah. It's like you get to elect when you want to talk to them yeah. um, and get that feedback. So, well. I, I hate to, to say this, but I feel as a technical PM, you can also use jargon to your advantage. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you may not know what you're talking about if you're spewing off all Fake the... Fake it till you make it. <laughs> but it it's does, always caching. It's always... <laughs> it's, it's, it's whatever. And I, I do recall actually giving a presentation mm -hmm. um, to our senior leadership team and just defaulting into, as a technical PM, being like, hey, here's... You know, we're using an EC2 cluster, and you know we're going to put in our S3 bucket, and here's our SNS topic, and, and everyone's eyes glazed over. And it was kind of telling because you can kind of get away with, oh yeah, that's going to take another three months because of mm -hmm. jargon. Um, versus, you know, when you're, you know, consumer facing, I, it's hard to do. Yeah, that. I just think of Dilbert cartoons. <laughs> I would say that's that is the easy way out too, but the risk of that is that you have less senior leadership interested in the product that you're yeah, um, yeah. working on and then priority shift and then you're at the bottom of the totem pole again. Yeah. And it's not like, okay, well, what are you doing that's so important? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, as soon as the priority <laughs> like, shift, it's not as compelling to be like, the exactly. SEC2 KFC cluster, <laughs> KFC cluster needs to be changed. <laughs> so here's a question then, like how, how have you found, I think there are a number of technical PMs in around yeah. the table right now like how have you found success in communicating technical concepts to non-technical stakeholders that's a good question mm -hmm. i think so, i said it last time yeah. find a metaphor metaphor yeah mm -hmm. I that think, was great advice yeah. i think that is one of the only and then you make that part of your road show you bring it to every single group and you just sort of workshop it really more or less um as a way of communicating with people um, it can be simple, it can feel kind of tedious at times, but ultimately it's repetition and finding a metaphor, I feel. I find very, very crude diagrams, like rough mocks, for instance, um, is a good way. Um, like an example of uh, data flow or something, like a very crude way of visualizing it might help as well. Um, I do find myself envious of you people were more consumer facing being able to draw screens all the time <laughs> all right we we get to sketch some fun screens that is true yeah. Yeah. so like this like, let's let's look at the flip side though yeah. consumer facing pms something i've experienced a lot is uh more often stakeholders think they can solve the problems you're trying to solve much yeah. more easily. Oh no, this button needs to be here and it needs to be indigo and then it should flash when it shows up on the screen and then there should be a modal and then there should be a little animated uh, paper clip. Well, we can name him Clippy and it's like they have all these ideas that they think they've come up with. Um, and it makes sense, like everybody uses consumer facing products in some senses. So that's something like, I'd like to hear some other 
folks' thoughts on is uh, how, how do you deal with that particular scenario as a consumer-facing PM? Especially when it comes from like senior leadership. Especially right? that, it's, it's opinion-driven development, which, get, which gets really dangerous. I mean, my, my answer is always, let's, let's test it. And I, would, I also ask why, right? Why do you think that's important? And what are you trying to accomplish? What, do you, what benefit are you bringing? What efficiencies are you bringing to the product? And how does it make things clearer for the user? How do you get to the true answer for that? Because they might think they know why, but then you have to kind of dig into that. I think at some point you just say, love it, love that idea, mm-hmm. and just try and move on in the conversation. Because at some point, like, it's, it, 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 it turns into a, an argument in some ways, and it's like that opinion-driven argument. And at some point, like, it's just not productive anymore especially in a meeting with senior leadership. You're like, love that idea. We can go explore it. And then you go take you know, coffee with your product designer over here yeah. and be like, hey, we got to go figure this out. What do you think? And then you can come back. If you don't agree, that's when you can come back with a better argument as to why that's not a good yeah. idea. And that's really, at the end of the day, I think what senior leadership is looking for is like, tell me why we can't do this. Yeah. And I think part of it that I really enjoy on the consumer-facing side is it, it is an easy visual way to understand what the senior leadership team is looking for. So again, if you use that opportunity, like why do you want to move this button here? Is it because a competitor's design is cleaner? Is it because um, you've seen you know, less interaction with this? But using that language and trying to not take it for face value and say, this needs to be the exact design we implement, but use it as a way to really understand the underlying mechanism, the underlying um, uh, perception for why they want to make those changes and then working on some, on validation looking at different options and then being able to provide some data hey we understand that was the pain point you're trying to address like here's a couple different explorations and here's what was most successful when we looked at users so and then kind of creating that feedback loop rather than I think early on in in PM's career a senior leadership's you know, person will say, do this, and you kind of take it at face value. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it, on the consumer side, it is really nice to be able to use visualizations to get that kind of alignment. Yeah, I think that's a great point that like maturity in a consumer facing product role has a lot to do with really trying to get at the underlying reasons of what they're asking as opposed to just reacting and doing that. And that can be, I mean, difficult for anybody, especially when you have really smart and engaged uh, leaders. Um, I think one other thing that I found really important is to make sure your leadership feels like you're listening to them. And it's important, like they have a, like they generally have a lot of good ideas. They know the market and the business uh, better than anyone a lot of times. And so they're trying to give you valuable insights as to like something. And you have to kind of get it, you know, maybe exactly where that advice is coming from. And so it may not manifest itself on the website as, oh, this button should exactly go here and be this color. But what you what you can start to understand is, certain behaviors, trends in the marketplace, um, you know, factors related to the business that maybe you aren't aware of that you can dig deeper on and get more of a clear picture to make good product decisions. I'm gonna tie that back to the technical PM because we, we have very similar challenges, like, but it's, it's more of like a build by partner challenge, right? It's like, why should we go build this as opposed to, hey, we need this color this way or mm-hmm. this design this way. But you have to do that very same analysis. You have to kind of do your homework and say, well, here are the reasons. We have the skills in-house, blah, blah, blah. Or you're right, like we should go partner and that's going to be our cheaper route, but then here are the risks. And you're kind of outlaying the pros and cons for each decision. But at the end of the day, you as a PM have to make a decision, a recommendation um, of which path to take, right? Whether to build that crazy button or not. Yeah. So... 
I think one of the the key elements with consumer facing versus technical oftentimes is the product designer in the room. And so that's something that, yes, technical PMs oftentimes have the opportunity to interact and bring that to life. But I feel like as I've switched over to consumer facing roles, that's become much more front and center. And so since we have Eric in the room, I thought I would kind of flip the conversation real quick and ask him, how do you work with a product manager in order to bring some of that to life? Uh, I think it's about perspective, gathering knowledge from um, what the product manager knows and what you know, and um, really asking why five times. Um, Because in the end, we always want to focus on a user-centered design. So if we're finding ourselves in a position where we're um, opinion-driven, we need to realize like um, we could know our product better than anyone else, but that could also hurt us too. So we need to have... Um, user validation to um, pick which opinion is working the best because you could have a psychology degree, you could be a product designer for 20 years, but um, and you might think you know what the user wants, but um, if you think you know what they want, you're not asking them. So you really just have to ask it in the end to break the ties of the opinions that are being driven from your PM and from the design team and from the de- developers as well. Since we're kind of split half and half, kind of technical and consumer, we talked a little bit about how uh, the technical product managers really define what the constraints are, what the freedoms are, what the rules are around how consumer-facing PMs can use different tools. So I'd love to hear what you guys have found successful in working with consumer-facing product managers and technical product managers to make sure you're both aligned so that you're able to create the best experience and reduce constraints that really matter. Um, So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. I think shared outcomes is really important um, because it's easy to feel like you're working on these two totally separate things Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we're building this big platform that's going to handle our campaign tracking and it needs to integrate with Salesforce and it's going to power our business operations team. Meanwhile, you have someone off here, you know, like we're building this new feature that's going to have this cool thing that pops up for the user when the whatever. Um, And I think the reality is like taking a step back from that and looking at what is our overall business trying to achieve? Like, how are we targeting that business? And, and like, how do those things kind of work together? A lot of times, um, they go pretty well hand in hand. Uh, you know, you might have a product manager who's working on uh, a consumer-facing app, and the problems that their users are facing are going to inform the type of support they need from you know a, a APIs or a back-end platform. Um, and then you also have like you know overall business. Uh, uh, the overall business landscape of a particular company and they'll have needs as well and so kind of understanding those pieces of the picture can help I think both product managers work together to understand like what is what is the priority who are we solving for and what needs to happen in what order and knowing the fundamental problem because oftentimes a problem you're trying to solve is a symptom of another problem so when you kind of zoom out and find the core problem you're solving that could help you um, each step along the way. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great point. For me, it's it's a couple things. One, it's making sure, to Zach's point, that you're breaking down silos, right? Because I think as PMs, we get so ingrained in what we're working on that we kind of forget the big picture, right? We kind of forget how what we're working on relates to what another squad is working on and what the vision there. 
And really, in like at the ground level for product, there's no one else who's really thinking about that alignment aside from the PMs, right? Because we are, our role on the team is to be the expert on the problem, ex expert on the market, and expert on the user. No one else is doing that. That's why we exist. So if we, need, if we don't align as product people across multiple teams working on different angles to the same problem, then we're just going to have a split product right. at the end of the day. Be cross-functional. The user has one app that they're using. They, right. they don't see in a segmented way. It's just one experience for them. So um, if, you, if you design that way, it'll be much better uh, user-centered product in the end. I think another tool to keep those types of PMs aligned is around communication. So um, written documentation on APIs, right? Like what is available, what's not. Just the knowledge of which, you know, hey, here is our systems, here's how they work, here's how you and your team can interact with them. That way, there is no guessing at that point. There's no like, oh, we need to run into this, or we're going to run into this problem at this point, and we don't have an answer for it, right? Like, it's kind of just that communication of here's what's available, but then also that communication from the consumer PM of um, yeah, the, the problem that they're trying to solve for and then making sure that the problems that the PM, technical PM is solving for is aligned so that they're all working on the same um, long-term roadmap and then they can align their dependencies appropriately. So they could say, hey, we don't have this today, but we could have this very soon. And then the consumer-facing PM could say, okay, well, that's when we're going to launch this feature because it is a top priority, but we can't do it now. Or maybe we can do it in a hacky way and get to it. You know, I think, I think that, there's that. Any communication tools behind those would be. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and it's like really cliche to say that communication is important for a product <laughs> manager. But I think that's especially true between like technical and consumer facing that. Uh, you can communicate what you're trying to solve and who you're solving it for. And I think that depends a little bit on audience. So technical PM, you might be uh, trying to communicate with people who are going to uh, be connecting with your APIs or using some dev tools that you've built. Um, but you still need to communicate to that audience what you're building and mm -hmm. why, like how, like what you're solving for. Uh, and same with the consumer-facing side, uh, you need to communicate what we're building and why, who we're doing it for. And if you have that communication flowing both ways, Technical PMs are going to understand how to support you, you and your users better, and you're going to understand the value that uh, you know the products that those technical PMs are working on, and how that really is you know kind of a fundamental uh, foundation to to your own products. I think one stakeholder group that may get overlooked in product communication is other product managers, right? Like we're so focused on the people that we're building things for, who will directly be impacted by what we build. And sometimes we may forget, or it's probably easier to forget to then communicate with everyone else who's, who is working on projects that will solve problems alongside the ones that you're solving. So making sure that we can, when you're ever communicating with stakeholders, just throw your other PMs on there, your fellow PMs, and just bolster that alignment to make sure that everyone has consistent understanding of what the problem is. And so you can just, you can basically um, allow those other PMs to work autonomously independently. There's some level of irony about, for, about forgetting <laughs> to communicate with other PMs, yeah. but I found like I found that happening to myself at times too. I think it's a good reminder. I also think it's important to over communicate. Uh, it feels annoying, but uh, in my experience, if you don't feel like you're over communicating, someone doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, so I guess that that brings up. We've kind of been on the same topic, which is what are the problems that you encounter more often than not as a consumer-facing PM. 
So aligning and making sure that other PMs have the same context, stakeholder management, uh, but for the, the good of the group and those listening, what are other problems that you encounter as a consumer-facing PM that is worth highlighting? And I know personally, and this is probably a can of worms for sure, um, <laughs> about kind of the, the dark side um, and maybe this whole the whole question is the dark side of product management. <laughs> oh boy. That's a cool episode. Whoa. Yeah, that's. A I don't know exactly what's going to be. In I don't that, know what that means, but I want to listen yeah. to the dark side of product management. <laughs> well, I, I think we talk uh, a lot about the advantages of product, and in general, it you know it's very glamorous potentially from someone on the outside looking in until you're actually in the weeds and you're like, hey, I'm context yeah, switching right. like crazy. I'm going yeah. through, you know, from We're this meeting to the next. Just by half hour mind, meeting. Right. <laughs> no, no single stakeholder is fully happy yeah. with me. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Watching my brain seep out of my ears. Yeah. 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 And so why we can of worms it, and we'll, we'll use it as a uh, another topic of discussion yeah. later. Um, but specifically, since we were talking about technical versus consumer facing, is there anything that's slightly different as a problem set for consumer versus a technical PM role? I feel that part of it is the ownership is a lot different, right? If you're on the back end, you typically, your problem space is, is very defined by the systems and everything that you interact with. When you're on the consumer facing side, there's so much overlap that it requires so much um, coordination, right? If you're on a growth team, right, you're basically touching every part <laughs> of the app. Uh, no matter what it faces. And so it really does require a lot of cross-collaboration, um, making sure you're not stepping on each other's toes. Sometimes there can be duplicative work or you know, you're both planning to do something and then figuring out who does that. So it does require, uh, I think, another level of coordination. And that's always a challenge. I mean, you're always in your space looking at your roadmap, trying to you know, solve the problems that, that you're tasked to, to solve, but looking at how you coordinate that with, with everyone else's is a, a unique challenge, I would say. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, I want to do this really cool thing, but I can't do it because the, the foundational infrastructure isn't there, so now I need to go talk to a back-end team, whereas a back-end team may not have to do that as often. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed is that when it comes to presenting visuals and designs is people tend to latch onto versions much more um, closely. So as soon as you present one thing, people are like, oh, that's it, that's the end, that's what it's gonna be. Yeah. And they don't understand that that's actually gonna change and evolve, um, at least in terms of consumer-facing PMs versus back-end or um, you know, technical PMs. You have a little bit more flexibility to define even if you're gonna have any visual thing to show. Um, and most people are a little bit less interested in that, but people really tend to attach some kind of um, investment in whatever design you show. It's like, how do you overcome that emotional investment, right? Like, maybe, I don't know, Eric, you've probably done this more than most. <laughs> like, people, people get emotionally invested in yeah. the designs that you show. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you help people overcome that and see that something new is better? Uh, fidelity. Uh, you don't show them high-fidelity mock-ups. You could show them... Uh, sketches you drew with a pencil and took a picture of and um, because even as designers that's why we don't start directly uh, in sketch or figma you know we jump straight to the pencil because inherently we all just get kind of married to something when it has pretty colors on it and it's in a mock-up uh, format so yeah just starting lower fidelity I think could could really help that and presenting lower fidelity when you're at that point uh, eventually you'll get to the high fidelity, but if you don't want people to get married to something, um, just show them, show them, show them the, the scratchy stuff. 
Cool. I I have one last question before we go around. I know we're running short on time, um, but do do you think that a consumer facing product manager like sh- how much should they focus on the technical and kind of vice versa? How much should a technical product manager focus on the consumer facing side? Yeah, my personal thought is it's kind of a 60-40 split. Um, starting if you're technical, sixty percent technical. If you're consumer, sixty percent consumer. Um, but you need to understand the flip side. You have to understand mm-hmm. who your user is very clearly. You have to understand what the trade-offs are. So you need to be just technical enough to be dangerous kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, or just uh, put yourself in, in the shoes of the consumer enough to, to make an impact. I think it, it just depends on you know the priorities, right, or your constraints. Um, if, if that is if the technical side of things are really dragging you your product down, then you definitely need to understand why and solve for that. Yeah, it's just like the Venn diagram, you know, where it's like, it's feasible, you you know, everything needs to be feasible, usable, and valuable. And so I think on either side, you need to be able to understand. I've worked with, you know, um, you know, and I've done this myself in the past as well, as you've come up with this great idea, but it's technically not a viable solution. It would take you too much to go back and So it's really your job to know both ends enough to be able to come up with something that's a viable solution. Yeah, I think I think that's the critical point. Is like it's not one or the other. Uh, like I think all product managers need to be technical. I think all product managers need to understand uh, consumers as well as you know any other uh, users you're solving for. Um, but it varies a little bit depending on where you're at. Um, okay, go around with any last thoughts. Uh, cool. So I think we solved it. Yeah. <laughs> no last thoughts. We're done. I, I think you literally encapsulated all our thoughts in that last sentence. So, <laughs> we solved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so maybe a, a quick product exercise uh, for um, if, if you're more in a technical role, maybe spend some time thinking about who are the like end consumers who are going to be using products that um, will be influenced by what you're building and try and like write some of your goals based off of that final end state. And then I think on the flip side, if you're consumer facing, um, look at kind of the underlying platforms supporting your product and think about how like the, like some technical improvements that could be made that would make some type of notable difference to, to consumers. Awesome. Good to me. Well, go, uh, go rate our podcast with five stars. Uh, what else should they do, Kevin? Great review. Um, review definitely just five stars. Nothing below that. <laughs> and if you comment, um, we'll definitely read it on the air. Um, We're accepting sponsors. Uh, coffee. Coffee sponsors. Um, yeah. I mean, anything really would, would mm-hmm. help us out. We could use some more uh, podcasting gear. So, yeah, if you'd like to sponsor us, <laughs> let us know. Um, what is podcasting gear? Uh, podcasting gear. I don't want to get too technical. Yeah. Like this is a very consumer-facing. Yes. Maybe not. I don't know. It's a microphone, a microphone stand, um, and that's about all I know. Actually, Do you have so, documentation on it. Um, I'll have Patrick get that over to you. Okay. <laughs> Did you get buy-in from your stakeholders on that? One? No, absolutely. I'm making wild promises right now. Uh, <laughs> get it done next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're all done with our coffee. Thanks for listening. Now go level up.